Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Collision Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by another one of Dudley Boys, <laughs> Michael Citrick from <laughs> What Culture, to review everything that happened on this weekend's episode of AEW Collision. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Dressing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Huh? Huh? I'm there now. In a week now. I don't know. Um, where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AW Collision, but also AW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. The League Quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Sidgwick to review AEW Collision. But before we do that, Sid, yeah. um, due to technical issues, building maintenance, etc., our world kind of got turned upside down on Friday. I ended up me and Hamlet recording all the podcasts at Adam Nicholas's flat on a Friday afternoon, which... Oh, it's it's kind of all right, actually, to be honest. But um, I didn't get the chance to ask you about Tony's Twitter tirade. Thoughts? Well, here's another tea for you. Don't assume they get. The thing is, because we were having quite a lot of fun with the whole, like, ah, oh, he's done the, the bald assholes thing, and he's, you know. Said some things about Vince where the subtext is, oh, God. Yeah. And then, I don't know, it just, I think it took a turn at the end of last week. What did you make of it all? Uh, it's funny. I'd rather it wasn't happen. I'd r- I would rather it happened than it didn't. It makes the little five minutes you have when I know you're waiting for the kettle to boil. Yeah, or you just need five minutes upstairs, kids. Kids, I'm saying five minutes upstairs because uh, yeah, I love you. To, I love you so much more than anything in the world. But it's been a little bit intense, and I just need five minutes. It's uh, my trick as well. I see five minutes in the kitchen. <laughs> so I, I, I basically set this scene where the kitchen becomes hotter than ever. And I've got like three different... I'm just doing some tea prep in the kitchen. Don't come in. Where there's like pans on fire and I'm flambeing things. <laughs> and like I'm putting like the deep fryer on at the same time. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I sometimes need five minutes <laughs> just to decompress. Yeah, Eric's still at the stage now where if I just put him down... He's still there. And I oh, God, I know. Although, the, the, the other side of that coin you um, happened on Saturday. So, Anne Louise planned this lovely day out. You know, weather's getting colder. <laughs> so much for the summer, right? Um, whilst uh, not being bad. You know, I quite like, I don't mind cold and sunny. Cold and sunny's fine. Love cold and sunny. But, you know, it's going to start turning and then you're not leaving the house for about four months. Um, so, she planned this day out at... Make sure I get this right. I want to say Dunstan. Dunstanburg Castle, is that right? Dunstanburg Castle, right? 
which is about 45 minutes an hour away. A nice little drive over there. So it's not Dunstan, not Gateshead Dunstan. No, 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 no. Uh, right on the coast. Um, Another you, Dunstan. Yeah, you have to walk up. There's like, uh, this r- castle's not, you can't even go in the castle. It's just a big load of ruins. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a nice little walk and a bit of bracing sea air and proper fish and chips, all oh. that good stuff. Um, although I could complain for the most of the day. Fish and chips? <laughs> I complain for most of the day because I had a horrific toothache because uh, I'm just old now. That's just I'm, You know when you get some, an, Ill, an injury, an illness now, and like, this, is, this, is this forever? This There's always something wrong with my body, I find. Yes. <laughs> 38. Happening since I was about 36, there's always just some, every day there's something wrong with my body. But we, uh, yes, yeah, Annalise planned this lovely day out, and it was great. We went there, and uh, yeah, he was in the old, Papoose, that's what it's called, when he's like carrying, he's there. Never used one, oh. I was always a bit scared. Yeah, I was still, yeah, both hands underneath, yeah. just in case. Um, but, uh, so we set off, hey, family trip, he's, you know, nearly two months old now, he's smiling, he's giggling, he's uh, <laughs> all over his back. <laughs> it was the first proper explosion. Like, oh, he's upset, and he's a bit wet, I need to take him out, and oh uh, my God, we have to burn oh all my the clothes. <laughs> so... It was a, a mixed day out, but uh, how did we get into this? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, the five minutes the, you need. The madness on Twitter with, with Tony. Yeah. So I'm saying, yeah, the five minutes that I need, I will look at something like the Tony Khan tweet of the day or the multiple tweets of the day. <laughs> tweet the hour. And go, isn't it pretty amusing, I guess, that he has done that. <laughs> and then I won't give it a moment's thought. And it's the, the most I'm going to get is or the most an AEW fan is going to get out of this tirade or this kind of approach to marketing and promotion, uh-huh. which it, it, that's all it is. I pro- he probably does think there are souls, and there's a, there's a and he has a pretty good reason why. Yeah, there was there was an argument to do this. Everyone goes, "Oh my god, have you seen Tony Khan's tweet?" You go on Tony Khan's Twitter, and there's yeah, him promoting it's a work. Mystico he's a, he's and Rocky a, Romero. He's a worker, yeah. better worker than a talker. But for those five minutes, I'll go. <sighs> And that's what he can achieve. <laughs> that is what he can achieve. Um, the reactions to the tweets annoy me or get me talking more than the tweets themselves. Mm, like yeah. when people go, very unbecoming of uh, <laughs> uh, of a wrestling promoter to be doing this. Well, it's kind of unbecoming of a wrestling promoter to be um, an alleged rapist as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, the other side of it, the other side is when. Um, People will go, oh, why wouldn't you want based Tony Khan doing this? It's the funniest thing ever. It's like, get a life. Yeah, it's, not like, the, it's not the funniest yeah, thing Yeah, why don't you get a life, get some mates, type in uppercase when the words are appropriate. Don't just be this <laughs> poster. Yeah. Right? And maybe realize that if you're going to have a nice night out with your mates or get some friends or whatever, maybe that'll be some of the funniest part you've ever heard yes. in your life. So don't like glorify it too much as well. It's not that funny. It's just uh, Riley amusing. He's working. Um, but I'll tell you what, right? I try, and in recent years, I think I really have tried and applied this to just not be bothered about certain things. Like if someone has an opinion that I disagree with, maybe once upon a time, an older version of me would go, oh, you're wrong and this is why. <laughs> yeah. I, I no longer care. <laughs> Only... There are like one or two people on wrestling Twitter who, uh, because I like to hate haunt them, uh-huh. they pop up on my For You tab. I'm like, oh, yeah. if I could just 
bring it, just bring myself to mute them. I'd never remember them. Mm-hmm. There's two. Prizes for guesser. <laughs> uh, who just like winders up. I try not to, because who could possibly care? But I used to have that energy. I used to have that world against me or my opinions are right or I'm the George Costanza uh-huh. and I have the, you know, the etiquette breach annoys me no end sort of thing. That part of me to a degree sympathizes and empathizes with Tony Khan. Now, the, the stuff about the contract tampering when his mother was in the hospital mm. is beyond the pale and as a actual shoot grudge holder, I would never let that go personally. Even beyond that, right? If I'm Tony Khan in this position, as much as I don't think it's necessarily a good look, nor do I think it is the funniest thing ever, yes. right? I'm somewhere in between, and I've almost stopped caring by the time you asked me the mm. question. I'd be kind of livid if I'm Tony Khan, truthfully. You have done Everything that a certain type of wrestling fan wanted for decades, you've just got the means through which to do it, right? You're a billionaire. You've happened upon this scene, and you've you've probably idly fantasized about doing wrestling, but realized, oh, there's like a monopoly, and there's no point. And then things get hot, movements, stars, a counterculture movement, everything that converged to make the first all-in, and then you become, then you just make AEW, right? If you want to know, you know, the the context and background of that. In the book hole. And indeed, a glowing appraisal of the first two years of um, AEW. 120,000 passionate, insightful words, Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW by Michael Sidgwick, available to purchase on Amazon right now. So you, what you do with AEW is that you get a checklist. And this is that big... Barely coded mission statement. I've talked about this at length before. Sorry for boring your tits off. Don't do what Donny WWE does. Mm. Right? The, the old Simpsons gag. Scripted promos, 50-50 booking, no blood, terrible long-term stories, nothing makes sense. There's no energy to it. The matches are homogenized. It's all very fake. The commentators can't be real. But they, AEW, went... Don't, 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 yes. don't, yeah, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't, don't, They basically, in the most succinct way I can put it, Willborn, are the answer to your prayers. They certainly were the answer to my prayers. Absolutely, yeah. Then you go from strength to strength, even in a pandemic. And then you come out of the other side with just uh, this blood-soaked, expletive-laden, intricate long-term storytelling with some of the best matches held in North American history on free television and the ones on pay-per-view are better and it's a masterpiece factory and it's great. Then what happens, Willborn, is that you kind of peak and you're still doing some really good content and sometimes on pay-per-view your fans will see the face of God with some of the great, great, mm-hmm. ma- uh, great, great matches. Then what happens is after 20 years, <laughs> 21 years of being mostly terrible. There's obviously some wonderful peaks in there. Mm. It's WWE, the talent, things coming together, Planet's Champion, Brian, WrestleMania 30, even in the late 2000s, like some of the top-level programs like Jericho and Michaels. I'm not saying it was terrible for 20 years. It was terrible for 90% of 20 years. Mm -hmm. 
and there was just opportunity, and it just it was so antagonistic, and it was so tedious, and it was so honestly bafflingly terrible. What happens is Vince goes away. He tries to come back, but I think he's probably gone now. Triple H, without grabbing a zeitgeist, without fundamentally changing much, the commentary is still weird. Some of the scripts you listen to to this day are bafflingly wrong in that weird WWE way. Just look at what the grizzled young veterans had to yes, say exactly. two and days ago. Look at the dyad. Yeah. Right. Look at listen to some of Dragonov's promos. Like some of them are still terrible in that really weird. No one talks like that way. Yeah. Triple H makes it coherent, and he <laughs> and he discovers a useful tool when you're trying to tell stories called a plot. Mm. And because it's measured against the curve of how drastically awful WWE was for twenty years. Coherent, well-plotted wrestling that peaks very, very highly when a Gunther or a Cody is in the ring or is very, very loud and dramatic, even if you don't personally like the Bloodline stuff. It's not an all-time great era, and I don't think it will be remembered as such. But because it was so much better than that which it followed, it gets lauded <laughs> as this ultimately great Triple H's goated era. And... The attendances are out the ass. And then the absolute and the distance between number one and two is like it's almost WWE and TNA level at this point. Obviously, AEW is a lot bigger than TNA ever was. Yeah. The pay-per-views are wildly, wildly more successful. The TV is relative to available homes and all the rest of it, but it's still closer to TNA than WWE. You and, I, you and I were pitching them beating Raw on a regular basis exactly, in 2019. Exactly. I mean, the pandemic is always going to be like the what if sliding yeah. doors moment, isn't it? All of this happens, and you've saved in the eyes of a lot of very weary, exhausted, bitter cynics. You have saved professional wrestling. And then WWE goes from strength to strength to strength and gets red hot. Simply by being, oh, it's like it's really it's more coherent in the book. It makes sense, and they discovered this thing called episodic plotting, and it's still not you know best in class. You invented factions. You haven't mentioned yeah, that. exactly. And if you're Tony Khan and you realize just how easy it is, Tony Khan would be, do a better job realistically of tanking his product for twenty years than making moderate improvements to it, and then just ushering in this glory era of massive packed houses. You'd be if I'm Tony Khan <laughs> and I do all of that just to get pissed on, right? By that WWE from that height, who've really not done much. They've not really done much at all, except the basics really quite well. What more can I do? I would be in this headspace if I'm getting battered by them by doing that. Yeah, it's like putting ten men behind the ball and just being really, really. Um, solid with your positioning and where to put your... It's pretty dry. There's not some halcyon era. And you're Tony Khan and you're, and you're getting battered. And even like you're, some of your diehards, some of like the hipster guys that like you follow on X and they make you feel good for your product because the ones with good taste are putting it over and they're saying, oh, it's crap now, it's crap now. And, you're, and you think you've got no one left. Really, you'd be like, oh, f*** off. <laughs> f*** this. This is f***ing <laughs> You f***. In great, I've saved this for you. You are now spoiled. Get some perspective. The worst part of me, Will Bourne, would lash out in exactly yeah. the same way. Th those are my takes on the state of play in general. 
and Tony Khan's reaction to it. If people are like, when his mom's in the hospital, saying, oh, they're trying to do my, trying to tamp up my deal, he'd be like, oh. Yeah. This is after they've tried to kill them from day one. Yeah. And they've tried to take this victory lap now of... No, last goal wins. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't care. I don't care, but it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so I've, it reminds me of a mate of mine when uh, Euro 2020 happened. Euro 2020? Yeah. Euro 2020 happened. I remember we had that really drab game against Scotland. Nil oh, nil. God, I. Group stage, nothing happened. We draw that game. I was at a house party. I was like, oh, that's a shame we didn't win, but uh, I'm going to get out of the group and on to the next one sort of thing. And I was like, you know, look at the other teams. They're kind of dropping. We've got a chance. You know, a good England team, decent manager. I like Gareth Southgate. And he went, ah, don't want to win it now. I went, huh? huh? He went, I don't want to win the European Championships. I was like, why? He went, well, if we win, Scottish fans will say, yeah, but you didn't beat us in the group stages. Yeah, Ghetto's not booking it. <laughs> so Ghetto isn't booking the yeah, Euros. Sorry, what? You don't... All right, okay, well, if this person gets a win against this person, if wrestler X beats Y, <laughs> then Y goes on to win the title, then X can say, well, actually, I've got a win against you, which <laughs> I'm going to... You... Ghetto's not booking this. It's fine. You would have beat freaking Italy. Yeah. Uh, then we'll pump them three one up there in their backyard anyway. Hey, so. we've, got, we've got them tomorrow night as well, haven't we? Another, another match in the uh, the old qualifiers. Aye. Oh, congratulations by the way, Scotland. Very happy for them going yeah. through to. Good for you. Uh, you're twenty-one. Going to be patronising for me there. Adam Copeland opened this show. Yes, he did. Which we're finally getting round yeah, to reviewing. Sorry. Uh, he says uh, it's wet and rainy outside, which is going to get hot in here. Uh, he talks about Christian Cage saying some pretty naughty things on Dynamite. And he wants him to explain himself. Here comes Christian Cage, flanked, of course, uh, by Luchasaurus, by Nick Wayne, and this security force plus a guy in, like, a tan suit thing. Uh, and Christian Cage climbs up on the opposite turnbuckle. He's got, like, a line of people. So just in case, if Copeland wants to get to him, he can't get anywhere near him. Uh, and he said, look, you just proving my point you think you're special you walk out here on my show and you take up the opening segment when i'm in the main event and i have to come and deal with this uh he said that doesn't sit right with me so i've got the security here well, they're not for me they're for, for, for you. you um and uh, if you stick around in aw much longer you'll be like each and every one of these people in toledo uh, known for absolutely nothing and he says uh, and a bit like you'll be like the Blackpool Combat Club, who I've made sure have been removed from the building so my match with Brian Danielson for the TNT Championship can be even. Uh, and this brings out Brian Danielson, who uh, says, oh, well, <laughs> you're gonna, if you like that, you'll love this, uh, because Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne have been banned from ringside for our match tonight, just to make it fair. And then here comes Big Bill and Ricky Starks, uh, who just says, a bunch of old guys <laughs> in the ring, uh, People who should have said no to begin with. Everyone's taken up his time. He won't let it go on any longer. Uh, and he says, uh, the difference between uh, me and you, Danielson, is that I'm a real AW champion. I don't respect you, Danielson. I don't respect you, Adam Copeland. But you know what, Christian, he says, well, effectively, he says, yeah. you know what, Christian? Hey, 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 hey. You all right. Uh, Copeland fires back jab about his clothes, and then calls him a vanilla midget version of The Rock. Uh, and Stark's like, ooh, that really sent me over the edge. Because his name used to be Edge over there. Um, 
Starks is like pissed off by all this, basically. He wants to fight Copeland and Danielson, and then FTR's music hits and they come out. Um, they stand beside uh, Brian and, and uh, Adam. Um, first name terms for me, apparently. Uh, and Wheeler says, Look, everybody's banged up just like we were last week. Uh, they want to earn their rematch. Dak, Dak says, Last week for one night only. Bill Starks, you were, uh, you were better than us. But uh, Elton John's right. Saturday night's all right for fighting. And uh, Danielson's like, yeah, Chris, you're out here. I'm out here. Let's have the TNT title match right now. Uh, but before anything can happen there, Cage shoves one of the security right into Brian Danielson. Big brawl. Copeland hits the uh, Impaler DDT on uh, on one of the security. And Danielson puts another one of them in the label lock whilst yelling that this is Christian's fate later. How many blokes were in the ring? Well, not including security. Yes. Christian Cage, Big Bill, Ricky Starks, uh, Danielson, FTR, Copeland. Seven, eight? If there were eight, then there were eight blokes in the ring that I liked way more before they opened their mouths. What was this? I understand what it was. This was a promo train designed to build the main event, signpost the finish, by the way, and sell other matches in the future. I don't know where Danielson Starks goes from here. Mm. Um, so I don't know why, if at all, that's getting picked up. Um, it just feels like, right, Danielson can be punk teaming with FTR against Starks and lads or whatever. Yeah. So it feels like a bit familiar already, which again is the, uh, the gift and the curse of the small fixed cast, wherein, all right, you're going to see a lot of the same. It's mm-hmm. been Raw's, apart from, you know, the, the synthetic production and the terrible commentary and the terrible promos, it's been Raw's one big flaw. <laughs> you're going to have, they're going to be more over, they're going to be more present. You're going to, you know, be able to invest in the characters more because you're going to see them every week. But my God, those Judgment Day tags can get boring week after week after week. Collision might be heading down a similar rabbit hole, we shall see. Got a Raw preview later, just a quick heads up. About I'm excited for one yeah. match in particular, yeah. though, so stick around for that and my joy about the imminent prospect. Um, I just thought everyone was like a, a, a bloke with a tiny cock energy <laughs> in this segment. Like, yeah. I already hate a contrived promo train and gasp, it's the same energy when WWE does it and AEW does it as well. I thought they signposted who was going to interfere in the finish, which is a shame. The match was so great, stick around oh, for yeah. that, that I forgot mercifully. Um, But like, FTR, oh, we're banged up. I mean, I ain't no doctor, but I don't think I should have been cleared. Well, what does that say about the victory then? It doesn't count. Yeah. Like, whole way, like, whole way. Just say, like, make yourself, I don't know, Nice and easy to root for and, you know, say, look, we got our asses kicked. It's embarrassing. Spent the week in a pretty low mood, but I'll make one promise, and that is we will not we will not let that one slide. There's so many ways you can say we weren't at our best or we got beat, but we're gonna we're still the best. Yeah. Like that's a lot more you know, we were banged up. It's oh great. Well what does that really accomplish? And they sort of they sort of had their cake and cake and ate it too because they were like well, that's we're, bang- hard. <laughs> we're banged up we're banged up but we don't uh, you know that's not an excuse everyone's banged up we yeah, were banged yeah. up but it's not an excuse because everyone's banged up but we were they're banged all banged up, up working nine to five <laughs> yeah that was, I forgot about that but yeah Jesus Christ so I hated that um, Christian Cage is the best 
part of the segment by 100 miles. I should, he should cut every promo in future, regardless of whether or not someone's yeah. in the ring with him, by sitting on yes. that turnbuckle surrounded by security. Yes. What a little prick he looks. <laughs> it's like you, you actively resent him at times, knowing yeah. that I'm a 38-year-old who's known this as a work for three decades, and I know they're playing characters in that ring, and yeah, I just... Oh, Christian annoys me. But I think the part, a part of that made me, and I, you know, I'm completely with you with regards to Brian Danielson and this last run of his. God, I feel sad saying that. Um, but a part of me was like, no, I don't want Christian to lose because I, I love him being this arsehole, the father. This is where I'm going to go back to my... I relate to Tony Khan and can understand why he is in this headspace he appears to be at. Mm. Right, think about these two opposing things and how fickle one is followed by the other. And you just say, well, you go from the prevailing take, and I've had this, and I still have this, of, you know, I'm sick of seeing X wrestler for a week or two or three, and then they go a month without being on TV. And then when they come back, it's like they don't really feel present. They don't really feel like they're worth getting behind and they don't feel like a difference maker that when they're on TV, I know to pay strict attention. That's been a big talking point about AEW and the negatives of the rotating cast policy, right? I swear to God, I read several tweets over the weekend. <sighs> Bearing in mind the guy's been there for three weeks of I think Copeland's overexposed. What? Oh my God, do you want people to be there all the time or not? Yeah, they've overexposed Copeland. It's been there three weeks. You've wanted a character on television to be front and center as a star figure who doesn't just feel like they've been cycled in and out or here's the moxie quarter hour or someone to dominate, someone to come in, someone to feel like a star, someone to be a heavy focus presence. Yeah, I think they've uh, overexposed Copeland. And I know this might just be a daft minority, but I've read quite a few tweets to that um, end. To that end. It's like, oh, my God. Like, oh, you're joking. Yeah, that's insane. Like, he didn't have the best night. No, but by by far, by the way. Um, but at the same time, it's like, Jesus Christ. He did not have a good night. Uh, at all, him and Starks looked like they had, you know, they, they just looked so gotten to. You could, I would put a match on with this. Yeah. It's a, it felt like a little bit tense, a little bit like words might have been exchanged in the back. I have no idea. But um, Edge was extremely visibly annoyed that someone would like do an off-the-cuff remark. I mean, he, he's not been in the system ever. Mm-hmm. Um, there was probably a bit of it when he came up. God knows Bob Holly would eat you alive in the middle of that ring. Um, but I, he just didn't look like he expected that or force, and he did not look annoyed. And his line, by the way, was double terrible. Absolutely, well, triple terrible. Mm. And two things he probably shouldn't be saying. And, uh, and it was completely an antique of a line as well. Mm. One thing as well, before we move on, is that it's a bit rich. I get it because I've espoused this a million times over, but it's a bit rich when people were saying, oh, you know, you can't say that. You have to put the opponent over. Blah, 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 blah. And I get it. Fundamentally, I do. But one, stocks will be fine. Two, 
considering he said he was a let's I'm not going to use his phrasing, but let's just say he was a dime store version of the Rock. Yeah. Who gave his opponents nothing on the microphone and still worked loads of high money drawing programs? The Rock. So maybe there is a right way and a wrong way to do everything. But I hated all of this except Christian Cage. I just thought it was a horrible segment where I just thought, you're such losers. Yeah. None of these are winning right now, realistically, apart from Danielson and Christian. And thank God that was the main event. I had this horrible thought that they were going to go full roll with this. Yeah, when they were going to do, do it. And I was like, don't man. do it now. Yeah, don't do it now. Don't and do then an set up man. an eight-man for later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I died that same panic. I, I thought they were going to change the match. If I'd have seen that uh, thing you were talking about, though, I would have had the you know the sweating meme with the two buttons. Yeah, it's yeah. like... Adam Copeland's being underutilized. Adam Copeland's overexposed. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> roster, like the, no one's around long enough to make an impression. Oh, Copeland's being overexposed. <sighs> what? Yeah. What was it? He said, sadly, you can't take style from the other place. And he's like, well, well, you. Well, you. Yeah. You, you're, you're dressed like The Rock, so. Yeah. What are we doing here, guys? Um, there was a nice video package uh, with MJF doing the whole Stand Up to Jewish Hate charity event with uh, uh, the Patriots owner, Robert Kraft. And Julian Edelman, I remember him. He was goaded. Um, I really like this. Yeah, and then we got the uh, ROH TV title match. Willie Mack versus Samoa Joe. Uh, and it kind of went the way I expected with these team big lads just kicking the crap out of each other. They sort of trade shoulder blocks early on. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, I'm on the wrong page. Prepping up for the soundboard. Uh, Mack sent Joe to the floor with a jumping knee. And then he hit a big plancher. Um he sends uh, Joe into the corner, hits him with some strikes there, hits a cannonball. Uh, Joe catches Matt with a Manhattan drop. He hits a big boot and a senton for a two count. Uh, and then he catches him with a tight little power slam for another two uh, two count. Uh, Joe goes to kick uh, Willie Mack and he catches the boot, does Willie, and uh, hits him with a stunner for a two count. Goes up top. Joe cuts him off, though, and hits a muscle buster for the win. He retains the title. Uh, and he's now less than three weeks away, I believe, from uh, holding the record for the longest ROH TV title reign of all time. That uh, drop kick from Willie Mack. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, I, this is one of, like, what, four matches on this show about which I have very little to say. I'm going to be full of praise for two segments on this show, not just the main event. So stick around, I guess. I have <laughs> so little to say about so much of what has happened on Collision. That's why I bloody blew my load with uh, the <laughs> Tony's twi- tweet tirade. It was a fine match, elements of which were really, really cool, and at my mouth agape. Nothing blow away special, but because of the dynamic against a fellow horse, we didn't get what I consider to be at times a pretty rote, obligatory. Samoa Joe prolonged heat spot, which I can just get a little bit bored by, frankly. But I wasn't really here in this match. It was a different dynamic, and I enjoyed it way more as a result. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash whatculture. We go backstage. Uh, Lexi Nair is there with one CJ Perry. Um... And uh, she says, you know, like, what would you say to potential future clients? And CJ says, well, if you've ever felt angry about someone else getting getting your spot sort of thing, I'm here to guide people to get gold, to make champions, to make stars. Come find a woman that makes made men, which I thought was a nice line. And then who should come in but Action Andretti? And I thought, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> uh, I was like, basically, I'm a bit of a loser. Uh, Could you help? Yeah. And I, because I, I thought, they're not... You know, nothing against Action Andretti, but I was like, they're not aligning CJ Perry with Action Andretti, but let it play out. We'll circle back to this later because he comes in, introduces himself and says, hey, I'm only a call away. And the moment he said, I'm only a call away, I thought, that's dangerous to say, yes, especially on camera. Um, and then we got a video package hyping the return of one Danhausen with obviously uh, merch plugs, naturally. Yeah, uh, Danhausen's weird. Have you seen that? I mean, I really, truly try, and it's impossible not to at times, to try and not think about social media activity when I'm sitting down to watch what ultimately is a work of fiction in which fictional characters perform. Mm. And I try and separate... Dan Housen on social media is like he's given up on the gimmick. <laughs> well, every now and then, he'll just go off at a troll or something. And then he was saying the other day, oh, God, I'm exhausted. If someone paid a billion dollars for the Dan Housen IP, I would just let them have it. Really? That's a pretty funny conspiracy theory during the rounds that since he became friends with CM Punk, he's just turned miserable. <laughs> just can't be asked with it anymore. It would be intriguing, just as you say that. It wouldn't be intriguing if instead of it being like, Hi, I'm Martin Kemp, and I play the role of so-and-so in EastEnders. I know that's a reference from about 20 years ago, <laughs> still. Wouldn't it be great True. if they had to run their... Uh, their uh, very good. If they had to run their Twitter accounts like the characters in EastEnders, yes, like so Sonia Fowler's just there going, I'm the bloody shift down them. Queen Vic later or whatever it is. I want, that's Because that's what these, some of these people I have know. to go through. I know. My God. I tell you, what's, you know what's funny about Danhausen as well is that he was paired with Best Friends. 
but was really tight with Brody King and CM Punk, I think. Yeah. What, wonder what the conversations were like when Trent's tweeting, for the boys. <laughs> and then Dan Housen's coming out with him, who's a mate of Punk's. I'd just like to be a fly on the wall there. Yeah. Um, then it was time for Rock Hard Juice Robinson. I'll tell you what, it's a good vignette, though. It was a good vignette. Yeah. Because yeah. they're trying to get the song over. Mm. Uh, very, very, very nice. Very evil. Very evil. He's going to sell boatloads of merch. Yeah. <laughs> People love that Dan Housen. <laughs> Rock Hard Juice Robinson versus Christopher Daniels. Uh, <laughs> I just thought they... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I just thought they'd spun the wheel of like, <laughs> like I, I, I loved uh, Dustin Rhodes and I thought his vignette later was really good and really fired up, but I was like, one one inch to the left or the right and it's Dustin Rhodes in this in this role. Because yes. it's just, a, you know, a, a really talented legend who's about to get their ass kicked and their head taken off by the bing, bing, bing. Uh, so yes, Daniels out-wrestles Juice early on. Uh, until he just sends him into the neck first, neck first into the rope, uh, and takes the ref. And obviously the guns get some cheap shots in on Christopher Daniels. Um, he hits the left hand of God and a sent on for a near fall. He goes for juices loose, but uh, Daniels reverses it into a Northern Light suplex for a two count. Uh, he hits a couple of STOs and a Death Valley driver um, goes for the that Death Valley driver looked bad. Mm. Goes to the Angels' wings, but Robinson uh, shoves him into the corner. Another left hand of God. Uh, cannonball, and then he hits him with the juices loose. Uh, post-match, Jay White gets in the ring, goes down on one knee, and offers him a crap version of the beautiful diamond ring, um, which obviously is going to be up for grabs on, on Dynamite this week. And Robinson puts it on and nails Daniels with a punch to the face. Um, and he's just down. I felt a bit bad for Christopher Daniels, because obviously it's normally like, bang, that's you're out. And then we will maybe cut a quick promo and leave, or we'll we'll just walk off, and you're just left in the ring, and then and to the back, and then you can you have to just stay there for like five minutes whilst they all, uh, okay. Juice has got to cut a promo, and then Jay's got to cut a promo, so he's out cold. Uh, Juice grabs the mic and says, "Look, I can knock people out with a ring too, Max. Um, I've been knocking people out for years, and I don't need a ring to do it. It's not made of plastic." Um, he says, uh, "It's not the ring that does it for me. It's the left hand of God." Uh, and he says he's going to win the uh, beautiful diamond ring. Um, and because this one's from like, T, not TK Maxx, I can't remember what he said, but he's, he's this got this just, just cheap one, basically. Uh, Call it TJ Maxx in America. Excuse you? Really? Why? I Why is it? Why do they do those weird? I don't. I mean, it might be us being weird to them. I think there's some kind of, there's a TJ something over here <laughs> or a TK something over there. It's 2K running the show. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, he says basically you're going to pawn the beautiful diamond ring and go to get a nice holiday for the bing binging. I mean, I'd like to see that as a vignette. Yes. Um, anyway, Jay White gets the mic and says, look, Max, if you're wondering why this is happening, you've got only one person to blame, MJF. He says, I know it's you who blindsided me backstage the other week. Uh, I'm going to be crowned champion at full gear and your world's going to crumble around you. Um, and they uh, stand tall to close this segment. Yeah. It was fine. <laughs> it was fine. You talked about this. We did a QA and a on uh, What Culture Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel earlier, and you said, for someone who got sneak attacked by a mystery person the other week, Jay White's not Four doing... Four of them. There were five of them. <laughs> yeah, Jay White... Jesus! Jay White's not doing too bad nah, for himself, He's not he? doing too bad. Um, I, that wasn't sold at all. Again, there should be, like... I should be singling out suspects. Mm. I should be... 
like giving clues or hints to latch on to about who could have done it and it just doesn't feel like that buzz is there. You're writing a list for what culture? Eight possible people yes, who could be, yeah. But there's just no hype for it at all. None whatsoever. Um matching the promo work. Finite guess. Notable lack of let's face it, the anti Semitic theme yes. that they explored on Dynamite. Maybe they are trying to gauge the temperature, maybe it's ret- retconned all right, uh, outright. It was just notable. It I think it was one notable. of those things where, in their defence, to a certain extent, obviously I, I'm not really in a position to, 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 to make any comment on this. I feel like it's not my place to. But I, I do think there is a case to be made that Juice Robinson's thing for a long time has been... They knew what, it was, they, knew what they were doing. But the, knew- uh, the, what I'm thinking is, yeah, the AW said, this will be fine, right? And no. then they, they just completely misjudged everything. Uh, and they shouldn't have done it, obviously. They shouldn't have done it. The timing was absolutely terrible. Wrestling is a medium. Look, if you want some really in-depth thoughts on what I thought was a pretty bad idea, given a lot of things, go and listen to the Dynamite review from last yeah. week, if you haven't already, because we spent a long time on that. Um, oh, I just felt a bit cruel watching this. A bit cruel. I've just got a different mind to a lot of people, I guess, where... There's a certain fan who will watch someone like Christopher Daniels and just hold them in the sacred reverence. Mm, yeah. And, you know, will just be so pleased to watch them still be able to do it to a degree after, what, three decades of service and be happy and just pay respect to the great Christopher Daniels and just be happy to see them working, like, he looked way more dynamic than he has the last few times I've seen him on TV. This is the most crisp and up for it. Christopher Daniels, who I do hold in high, high regard for his historical contributions to wrestling, right? But where other people would say, you know what, that SDO had some urgency, had some snap. He doesn't look quite as action figure and pained Moving around that ring, all I could think of, all I could think or feel rather watching this match was this is way more possible than I expect out of 2023 Christopher Daniels, and I'm still bored. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I do respect them, especially when they, you know, they've been at it for that long. Yeah, it's just, I'm very much, uh, what have you done for me lately, guys? Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I, I just am. I got a lot of love for Christopher Daniels, I was very much sort of. A late adopter to uh, hey this guy TNA is quite good because I just didn't yeah no idea about him and then subsequently I went back and was like Joe and Styles and him obviously just just doing unbelievable stuff and I'm so glad that he's you know uh, got into this position with an AEW and I will say I will say whenever I see Christopher Daniels it puts a smile on my face but that's mainly because I'm a bastard who has an immediate flashback to I'd say one of the and like there's been some genuinely genuinely, and not like we were saying all caps, ha, 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 isn't Tony Khan's tweet funny? Genuinely hilarious moments, intentionally, in AEW. But also, the time where they were like, oh no, this is the end of SEU. Anyway, enough of that <laughs> To the back! <laughs> we got to see something about the, uh, something else going on. Like, the, it's that, and uh, what's his name coming out, being like, hey man, yeah, third eye, man. I'm the Joker, man. The third eye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I've never done this in my life. No, I'll never be anywhere near as successful as any of them. But funny, isn't it? Funny, and I'm just, I, 
I just don't have that loyalty to the wrestler. I just don't. I just don't. We're not, and we're not botch guys either. Like the, it's just, and they covered it brilliantly with the whole Nakazawa. Yes, but do I, man? I'm seeing everything through my do I. Here we go, do I. Meant to be him as a lovely bloke. All right, Dustin Rhodes. Says uh, he's fired up. He's coming back to Texas. He's got as good as ever in 2023, and he's going to win the beautiful diamond ring. And then he's going to target MJF's world heavyweight title. I mean, he's not, but oh, he like the promo. I like the idea that it's not a total formality that it's going to be MGF and Juice. Was MGF even in the last one? This is what I was going to ask. Well, I'm fairly certain he's, he's has he just retained it the whole time. I think I mean, he's, been, look he's been in the Battle Royals and won them, or been down the last two, then had the match like with uh, MGF and Cassidy, MGF and Hangman, MGF and... No, not in a... They've had a feud in a match, but not a thing to do with... But maybe. Now, yeah, I'm questioning myself now. Hangman Page, Orange Cassidy, Ricky Starks, but I'm fairly certain with Ricky Starks, he just won the Battle Royal... Maybe, Without yeah. M- I think MGF hasn't been in the last one. Uh, let's have a look. So you've won the first one, obviously. Uh, MGF. Either way, while you're reading this, I will say that I was happy to see the Dustin Rhodes promo because I'm glad it isn't a complete formality that it's MGF versus Juice Robinson, even though it is. You're right. I was completely wrong. I don't know where I got Jungle Boy from, but yeah. Uh, Jungle Boy is a Battle Royal specialist who's had a, a series of great matches with MGF. So, Hangman Page. Yep. Orange Cassidy. 2019. Orange Cassidy was 2020. It was Dante Martin. Dante Martin, I remember that. 2021. And then, yeah, of course, uh, Ricky Starks. Yeah, he defended both the world title. And of course. Of course. And then now, this will be the fifth, fifth year in a row. Um, but yeah, I'm glad it's not just, right, it's Jimmy Juice. MJF and just a load of other guys yeah. in there. We'll talk about it more on Wednesday. Um, Nick Wayne's backstage with Lexi Nair, who reveals that uh, there's a sit-down interview with JR and his mom. <laughs> First of all, graphics great. Second of all, God damn it, just when I was about to fire up X and do some kind of, uh, Nick Wayne's mom's got it going on, sauce it. Some kind of joke about Jim Ross not being able to conduct himself when he's in there with a, you know, a, Telegenic Blonde. Yes. Everyone on Twitter already made the joke. Hey, Nick Wayne, you're a prodigy. Yeah, shut up. Hi. Howdy. Howdy, respectfully. <laughs> uh, right, then it was time for Conflicture uh, against Boulder. I love Boulder. <laughs> it just Is it because he pretends he's uh, giving analingus? <laughs> <laughs> He overpowers Kyle to start with. Uh, sends him flying with this big gorilla press slam. Uh, but Fletcher sends him to the apron, boots him down, suicide dive, gets him back in there, Yakuza kick. Boulder reverses a suplex, goes up top for a Vader bomb. But Fletcher cuts him off, power bomb, running kicks to the back of the head, and he scores the win with a dragon sleeper. So if you did not catch our live Q&A on YouTube at Midday UK time today, first of all, what are you doing? Join yeah. us the next time we do it. And if you want to know details on that, listen to these podcasts and follow us all at WhatCultureWWE on X. 
Second of all, if you didn't catch that Q&A, I said that there was something about Collision that made me feel, uh, it's Rampage 2 again. And this is the thing. This was the top of the hour. Was it? Yeah. Can you imagine Kyle Fletcher versus a guy, Kyle Fletcher in action. Kyle Fletcher getting his win back. To tee up a yeah. match against Kenny Omega that will basically exist for Takeshita and Hobbs to interfere to set up Omega, who will probably beat Fletcher's next big match. Something like this would never, ever happen at the top of the hour on a dynamite. There's kind of like uh, almost a sacred law behind that spot. I don't yeah. think the women have ever had it. Like I said, they don't put the women there. Let alone I don't think the women have had it. Um, I think Jericho used to get it every single yeah. week when he was really the at the top of his drawing powers in AEW. So to see Fletcher come out for a squash to set up a match that he's probably going to lose next week or bloody well should lose next week. Kenny, Kenny Omega star power is suffering enough right now. Top of the hour, oof, this is a rampage match on collision. Yeah. It's fine. Like, Fletcher versus Omega will be the, the ceiling on that side of this world, really. Um, so I'm not saying anything bad about this segment or what it's setting up to do. Giving a guy a win on TV in a fixture that he's won and said, you know what, I've won that. I've won against this guy. I probably should do something better. Great sporting framework. Love it, love it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. The fact that it's on the top of the hour on a show that was six out of 10 outside of a nine out of 10 main event was uh, telling, let's just say, about uh, how the collision program is perceived internally. Mm. Yeah, and later on, as you mentioned, he, uh, he laid out the challenge for Omega. Um, after the Carl Fletcher win, though, we are backstage with the acclaimed and Renee Paquette, and she congratulates them on defending the trio's titles three times in a week. Uh, and they're celebrating the fact they've been champs for 48 days. And uh, Max Caster's specifically hoping that MJF is seeing all the hard work they've been putting in. And Bowens and Daddy Ass are, like, trying to help Max Caster with friendships and relationships. And they say, well, just, just, right, just think about what you're going to say, okay? You know, try try to be nice. And he sort of pauses and he goes, hey, Renee, uh, how about those oral sessions? Uh, and she just flips out. Good she, line. She storms off. Uh, and they're just like, bloody hell, what you like, Max? And then in comes uh, uh, Daddy Magic, Cool Hand and Jake Hager, I believe, in the background, and Daniel Garcia to uh, challenge them. They want a taste of the trio's titles. Uh, and they set up a match for the future before Daniel Garcia at least teases doing the old the old dancer. <laughs> he just shrugged it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I went on by a new pal. Yeah. Oh, God. It, yeah, it was... I was just like that. Uh, and then they were like, wow, the belt is coming up. I was like, for f***s <laughs> Oh, no, I know you, eh? <laughs> Yeah, we'll preview it next week. We'll preview it this week. Do I have to? Um, yeah, well, just well, incorporated on the collision preview. Talk oh, God, yeah. Separate separate one. One. Oh, I'm not doing a different one. Jesus you Christ. No, listen. No. Oh, should we do a velocity preview? A level up. Actually, a level up could be quite fun. <laughs> I don't know who's on that at the moment, but they just book mad stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, that reminds me. I've got some good, uh, good news for you on the raw preview later. Oh. You'll like it. I mean, it's a. 
That's the tease to another podcast, a tease to another podcast. But yeah. Still, that's what we do here. Uh, right, TBS title match. It's Chris Statlander versus a corrupted Sky Blue. Which is a great little development for her. Um, they, uh, yeah, they announced to talk about the change in attitude of, uh, of Sky since she got misted by Julia Hart. Um, initially, Chris Statlander dominates. She's Chris Statlander, but... Uh, Sky Blue goes to the apron, boots Statlander, hits a neck breaker in the ropes to take us to a break. When we come back, Statlander's back in control. Blue Thunderbomb gets a near fall, uh, but Blue fights out of Saturday Night Fever and hits a satellite DDT for a near fall. Goes up top, Statlander cuts her off, but then suddenly Blue slips through Statlander's legs and hits an avalanche powerbomb. Oh, my God. Great two count off the back of that. She goes for a high crossbody, um, but Statlander um, catches her and hits a power slam. And I thought, well... It's a fun little flurry. Let's take it home. Um, but no, Blue comes back after exchanging strikes with Statlander. Thrust kicks a rising knee. Um, as she goes with the head scissors, it looks like Statlander's really in trouble and it's desperation stuff here. Statlander holds her in position, gets a Saturday night fever. One, two, three. Chris Statlander, a lot of a more a lot more of a tougher challenge than anticipated here from Sky Blue. She retains uh, and post match. And uh, another partially connected uh, Willow Nightingale comes down to to help Blue up as Statlander goes off and celebrates with her TBS championship. Statlander is absolutely awesome. Everyone she wrestles has their best match with Statlander. What a great ace figure she is. Can you do me a favor? I wish I'd done this before we'd pressed record. Just type in Chris Statlander cage match mm-hmm. and going... Deep sending border backwards, basically. Work Going backwards. down the line here from when she worked the belt. I've just, I've, I want to see something. I want to see something. Match. You want matches there? So go from the t- from the last result until what double or nothing. So she's just a woman, so it won't take that long. <laughs> yep. She is. It's time to play the game. How many matches has Chris Statlander had since she won the title from Jay Cargill? This is just according to a cage match, so it might include house shows, but I don't, you don't do them anymore. So, yeah, good point, actually. Yeah. Well, Rampage is kind of a house show, but still. <laughs> Nine. Tell you what, according to this, uh, 28th of May. Jay Cargill title change. 21. Oh, bloody hell. That's way more than I thought. Uh, so, Sky... Oh, Not real. Uh, 20, actually, because I've included CAP Madhouse that she worked. Oh, well, that's not AEW, is it? I know. <laughs> Thanks, Cage Match. Um, but yeah, so Sky Blue. One of her, one of Sky Blue's best matches. And I'll um, elaborate on that imminently. Uh, match on a rampage. Um... Tagging with Hikari Shida against Marina Shafir. Do you know her? I don't know her. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I do know her. Okay. And Nyla Rose. Uh, that was the all right. Ju- Julie Hart match uh, Wrestle Dream. Really good. Uh, Best Julie Hart's ever looked, probably. A mixed tag on Rampage uh, <laughs> with Hook, Orange Cassidy, Hook and Orange Cassidy against uh, Daddy Magic, Cool Hand Ange and Anna Jay. Bit of fun. Uh, Statlander versus Britt Baker. An absolutely excellent over delivery. Statlander versus Jade Cargill. An Rampage. absolutely excellent over-delivery. Possibly the best Jay Cargill singles match ever. Uh, Statlander versus Robin Renegade. Statlander versus Emi Sakura. Stat- really good sprint. Statlander versus Ruby Soho. Really strong match with the 
rubbish finish, actually. Uh, but that's not Satlander's fault. Uh, a six woman with the uh, the outcasts on one side alongside Britt Baker and Ricard Rashida. Singles. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's not... Uh, uh, Statlander versus Mercedes Martinez. Really, really strong match. A TV sleeper hit. Statlander versus Shafia. Statlander versus Lady Frost. Statlander versus Taya Valkyrie. Statlander versus J. A. Uh, Anna J.A.S. Statlander... Taya Valkyrie was better than had any right to be as well. Like, this woman has the best matches with... She has the best matches her opponents could ever hope to have, I think. It's funny, just getting to the getting to the Jay Cargill match. Statlander versus Lady Frost as well. Again, uh, and the AW... That was a house show. On the AW House Rules Tour, they also faced Anna JAS. Who did she face immediately after winning the TBS Championship? Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose, Correct. Correct. Nah, she's just great, and she was again great here. Like, what about Statlander is that she has that perfect TV champion quality where she can, gra- she can drag the best matches out of whichever opponent she faces, which is ideal considering she's a champion and needs to defend her on television and is often the only women on, woman on the show in the only women's match on the show. This was so much more dramatic, this one against Sky Blue, than mm. it had any right to be. When the bombs were going off at the end, I was like, Jesus Christ, the top row power bomb. Yeah. Usually I think I've just worked out the rhythms of a wrestling match and I know oh, I'm excited, but that's not the finish. Like she goes against that grain more than once. And a good champion never loses the fact that they just feel like a winner. Mm. It never feels like a fluke that they've won. It just feels like, oh, that was a bit harder than the than I thought it would be, but I still got the job done in the end. It's like a way more entertaining version. And I don't know if they have this in American sports, right? But there's a cliche in English football, right? Where if the team who wins the league win virtually every match, not going to win it 3, 4, 5, nil every single time, there'll be a really routine 2-0 victory where maybe they have to wait until the 88th minute mm-hmm. to get that second goal cushion. And the cliche is, well... It wasn't the easiest night, but when you're the champions, you win those fixtures. Win ugly. Win ugly. Yeah. This is a really good match, so maybe I'm mixing my metaphors a little bit here. But I just love the finish here. It she was, was in trouble. Yeah. She was in trouble, yeah. and then that finish was a counter. Oh, Christ. I've, I I know how to use my championship experience to get a counter at the end. Yeah. Um, so what's it going to be like? A tilt the world? I think so. Head yeah, scissors. like head scissors you go yeah. for, yeah. And then she just counted it into the um, Saturday Night Fever, and it was like, right, you're going to win. Not the most convincing of victories, but that's how champions get it done, and Statlander has mastered, mastered that role, and I think um, it's a shame she hasn't got anything really to sink her teeth into, nor like a parade of really cool imports she could work against, or that many over characters like Orange Cassidy got to do with the international title, um, because she's so good at being a champion. Yeah, really, really good. And uh, I love this new direction for, for Sky Blue as well. Mm, uh, bit cringe. And this is where we got the Carl Fletcher promo. And then a video package for Roosh. Uh, you have to be uncontrollable, unruly, ungovernable to be in Los Ingobernables. Uh, he's back. He's got Drillistico and Jose the Assistant and Preston Vance by his side. He's going to rule AW. He messed with the ball. Uh, cool. I wish I could invest in this more. Yeah, you said this on the Q&A. You yeah, you, you enjoyed which you it. can still check out, by the way, Yeah, you, you, on YouTube. You enjoyed it, but it, 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 I'm the same. I'm like, great, he's back for how many weeks? Yeah. Um, 
Then we got a match, and uh, it was Keith Lee. Remember him? I know he's been working on Rampage, but no one watches that. Um, and uh, he's obviously developing this feud with Shane Taylor and Shane Taylor promotion, Lee Moriarty, what have you. Uh, they're watching from backstage, and I was like, great, here he is, and he's going to face a Pentaco or Angelico or you know one of the jobbers on there. And I'm, I'm hovering, I'll be honest, Sid, I'm hovering to go, right, he's going to go in there, he's going to hit two moves and win. And he did go in there and hit two moves and win. But, but, who was his opponent? Turbo Floyd. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Give him more, give it's him. spin around. Next time, I mean, you can't actually, because Keith Lee's baby face. But I'm just giving him a 30-second promo, please. Because he's, He's one of my favourite talkers. I'm not saying he's the best talker out there. I'm saying he's one of my favourite talkers out there right now. Just fun. Really, really fun. I haven't got bored of it yet. So, yeah, more promos. Yeah, but he got squashed, unfortunately, by Keith Lee. Again, it's the exact same thing with Roosh. Um, I just... I will invest once I'm given a... Once I see a pattern of... Although they're actually going to really do something with this character. Because for now, it, it's... You'd have to be so naive to think, oh, God, guys, you have to be one of the worst engagement accounts to go, oh, Keith Lee is back yeah. in all caps. <laughs> like, who are you fooling? Yeah. And what are you doing this for? You loser. <laughs> uh, so Miro's backstage. Um, you know, he's been tempted a lot recently, what with his wife, CJ Perry, being around. Um, and now her temptations are, of course, surrounding her, and she might not be able to resist them. So to make sure that doesn't happen, he's going to destroy any man that comes near her, and he's destroyed Action Andretti. Is it a bit weird, this? <laughs> like, the, the, uh, the undertones, or overtones, or whatever phrases, uh, yeah. but it's Miro, so I'll, I'll allow yeah. it. It's like, I don't want you, but no one else can. Yeah. What? <laughs> But just a bit weird. I think it? I was just reassured that I was like, oh, great. So it's not going to be CJ Perry having to align herself with Action Andretti, who's a bit of a loser right now. Yeah. <laughs> what, a way, what, a way, what a way to mug him off, by the way. Yeah. No, he needs to get destroyed by Miro, which is bad enough. But he basically puts himself forward as a guy who needs some guidance as his sort of ailing career fades away. <laughs> And now he's a guy who's aimless and weak and gets his ass kicked. And then he'd be fighting for the international title in about three freaking weeks. Hey, if this had been on Monday Night Raw, you know, a few years ago, do you know what they'd have done? Action Andretti Skip. would have <laughs> got a phone call. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll come and meet you. Where do you want me to meet you? Oh, in this random, quiet, shadowy backstage area. Yeah. And then Miro would walk out with a wig on him. Yeah. Him. Maybe, uh, I may want to see that, actually. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, main event time. TNT title on the line. Christian Cage versus Brian Danielson. Oh, my God. Me preempting what's about to come. Uh, technical exchange early on, uh, but Danielson gets the better of it because he's Brian Danielson. Uh, he takes Cage down to the mat, and uh, Cage has to get out of the bell up by heading out to the floor as we go to a break. Um, when we come back, he's got the surfboard stretch on Cage, bridges it uh, for a pin cover. That's a near fall. Um, he hits a running knee into the barricades as they go to the outside, brings Cage back into the ring, and he puts on a, well, a series of submissions um, for another near fall. Cage comes back by poking Brian Danielson in the eye, uh, and he hits a, an arm breaker to take control, and then the story of the match becomes Danielson's arm's injured. He's favoring it, and Cage at any opportunity 
He's going to go after it. He's going to hit moves on it. He's going to slam it into the desk. He's going to really just completely weaken it. And the story of this was brilliantly interwoven throughout this match. Um, they go up top. Danielson just never forgets it. No. Go up top. Danielson sends Cage to the mat, hits the diving headbutt. Um, they're trading strikes. Uh, I think this is, the bit, this is the bit. Yeah. I think it's the bit where he did the diving headbutt and then immediately sold the arm. Um, they trade strikes, and Christian Cage is bleeding from the forehead. Oh, my God. Ghoulish, I know, but uh, I trust these two that it was safe. Um, That's the drama. Danielson fires up. He's basically a one-armed man now. Um, keeps kicking Cage and killed till Cage has to just slide out to ringside, so Danielson hits a suicide dive. Uh, goes for a top rope Hurricane Rana, uh, but Cage counters and rolls through for a sunset flip and a nice two count. Uh, and then he drops Danielson's neck on the top rope before hitting a frog splash for a near fall. Goes to the kill switch. Danielson forces Cage down to his knees, though, oh. and hammers him with kicks. He does the big fire-up last oh kick. Oh, so good. But uh, Cage ducks it and uh, hits the DDT in response. Sets up for a spear, goes for it, but Danielson kicks him in the head uh, and got a two count. He uh, loads up for the Busaiku knee, but as he goes to that, Christian cuts him off with a spear. Oh, my God. Hits the kill switch. Just gets a two count. Bought it. Oh, my God. Yeah, same here. Christian goes for a spear. Uh, Danielson ducks it and hits the Busaiku knee. Bought that. Bought it. Oh, my God. Danielson puts him in the little bell lock, and he's... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Trying to dance this. That's Christian Cage, as I'm trying to be. Desperately trying to get his back foot. He's like, I know the rope's there somewhere, and I'm not too far away. And I'm pretty tall as well. Yeah, and he gets there, uh, but Danielson just drags him straight back into the middle of the ring. Uh, but he can't fully put on the Lavelle lock because his arm's buggered, of course. Uh, in amongst all this, here comes Big Bill. Uh, he runs distraction. <laughs> Ricky Starks slides in, nails Danielson with the tag team title. And I mentioned this before to you. Pop me huge by just laying, like if I lay incredibly still, the referee will not notice that I'm here at ringside with a belt with suddenly Brian Danielson out cold. Regardless, Christian Cage just rolls on top of Danielson. One, two, three. He retains the TNT title. Uh, Post-match, Starks, Big Bill, Luchasaurus, they're all coming in to beat up Brian Danielson. But here comes FTR. Here comes Adam Copeland. It's a huge brawl. Uh, it looks like FTR are going to hit the shatter machine on Ricky Starks, but Big Bill just dra drags him out by his legs just in, in the last moment. And then Nick Wayne's got involved in all this. He turns around, and he is surrounded uh, by um, Brian Danielson, Adam Copeland, and FTR. And he gets speared out of his shoes to close out this show. I wish the finish was different. Like, for God's sake, like, as good as the series was, I've seen Danielson Starks twice now. Oh, hang on. What is that for? Why did I set an alarm at 10 to, oh, Sunday dinner stuff? Ah. The timing's on the Sunday dinner. Got to make a goat one yesterday. It was so, it's so absolutely incredible. Anyway, I just, it's 2019 NXT booking. Where yeah. very little ends cleanly nowadays because what happens, Wilborn, right, is if you have someone interfere, they can then have a match deeper in the line with the person that they interfered against. It's just it's so WWE, North American wrestling, Route 1, Tony Khan should be above it. That left a sour taste in my mouth. The execution yeah. of a... Really carny finish that I would never in a million years think, oh, that bloody Ricky Starks, what a bastard. Ever, I would just think, that Tony Khan, what a coward. And it's been like that for decades. 
The actual execution, what a smash and grab. Uh, are really good at it in AEW, which is annoying because it'll just convince them to do it over and over again. This match was great. This match, right, that counter from the kill switch, if it was like earlier in the match, you would have this really cool technical counter to it. Mm. It was just like, oh, God, I'm going to use all the strength and spirit I've got left to sort of grind out of it and then just kick you because I'm weakened, I'm knackered, and I'm desperate. It wasn't this really silky, technically gorgeous reversal because the character in that spot of the match wasn't equipped to do that. Danielson knows how and when to do everything brilliantly. He's a magician. I'm in love with him. I'm so privileged to watch this uh, this legendary career, possibly the greatest of all time, unfold. It's just so good. That counter was just wonderful, and it really epitomized the match because if you were to have, like, matches written down, like, in text format of this is what's going to happen, you'd pick up this A4 sheet and think, that sounds a bit dull, mm. or it sounds a bit familiar, or I've seen it, or yeah. that's how a lot of wrestling matches go. Just the sheer execution and how much it elevated everything, like, the bit you, when you were doing the impression of Christian in the studio, of Christian just with that lead long frame trying to get to the bottom rope, this immaculate struggle, this sense that every little thing mattered, every little thing could be the end of you, so get the hell out of there. Danielson's, even a weakened Danielson has got you in a submission. Oh my, oh my God, I need to bloody try my hardest and take ages, but it's, I, the lockup at the start, it's like, I'm not like a big lockup nerd guy. <laughs> I see a loose one and I'll go, oh, that's annoying. Some people hate a bad lockup particularly if you're, like, a member of the older generation. Yes. Say, this lockup. Oh, it was absolutely gorgeous. The story told was, again, just whenever Danielson just dangles that arm. It's the best he could... I wish he'd broken it 20 years ago, to be honest. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was an absolute phenomenon then, but he's even better now. So a wonderful, wonderful execution of a match that wasn't particularly ambitious. It was just ambitious. It was just crafted brilliantly. There are very few matches I watch where I think you would have to be so just completely and utterly hopelessly brainwashed and would only automatically like something if the initials read WWE. This is as universal as it gets, yeah, I think. Yeah. This crowd were chanting, this is awesome, fight forever, all the things that a modern crowd would do. Yeah, you'd, if you were... I don't want to mention them by name, but like a certain, you know, bad faith podcasters or, you know, like even someone high up in WWE who thinks that oh, they've got to be, matches got to be quite slow and then build and all mm. the rest of it. Like if you were a WWE fan, it was mental and the loads of them exist. It's just Twitter's terrible. <laughs> if you were like a really ornery, like old school, hates modern wrestling guy, if you were a modern wrestling fan in that audience, all, all just love this and save yeah. it. Like, as universal as pro wrestling gets this match, really, really, really loved it. Yeah, the, other than the actual finish, I bought three different finishes I other know. than that. I thought the uh, the, the spear beside your knee spot, um, the other you, version. You should have known as well that when the second one did the, was it the beside your knee after the spear? 
Yeah, because he goes for a, yeah. You know, logically, it's probably gonna, they're going to go one for one, one one on the kickouts. But I just it was so well executed. Yeah, he, he's, and Christian was so like last ditch. He goes for the spear and gets kicked. Then he goes for the knee and gets speared. Then he goes for the spear and gets kneed. You kind of know that's not the finish. Yeah. If you again, if you saw it written down, you'd think, all right, okay, well they're doing that to equalize the near falls. But in the moment. Christian's last ditch shoulder, and you know you we you know we oh you know we talk sometimes about how uh, something will happen, and in the space of some sometimes in the space of a three count, you've booked six months of television basically. Like, oh, I assumed that I don't know Kenny Omega was going to have this title until this show, but I guess maybe it'll be put on this guy, and then actually they'll go in this direction, yeah. you know, something like that. In the time it took. Christian Cage to do that, I went. So he's going to tap. He's going to he's going to say that yeah, his foot was under the ropes. Yeah. So that one doesn't count. So when he eventually wins the title back or goes to fight for the title again, he's going to claim that his run with the title, which is already preposterous because of the thing, is like six months or yeah. a year or whatever it is. I booked that in my head in the time it had taken him to go. I talk. And then a l- just did the belt show. I went. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I talk a lot, and I've again. I'm trying to really be a bit more. Discerning, I think, when I say, is this wrestler really great or are they just an eight? And that it's, it's fine. Again, Christian Cage in this work with the TNT title, if you look at who they've given that title in a bit to elevate, compare their run with it to Christian Cage's, you realize that there are levels and yeah. so it's not as simple as getting over for a few months and having loads of people big you up and then getting giving a title. So I've seen it like three or four different times where it's not worked. Yeah. Christian Cage is uh, he's in that pantheon. Well, let us know your thoughts on AW Collision on it at What Culture WWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, for daily wrestling podcasts, the uh, SmackDown review is available right now. Me and Sidgwick will be back a little bit later on today to preview Monday Night Raw. And don't forget, you can still get tickets to our live show that goes down on Tuesday, November 21st at the Mosaic Tap here in Newcastle upon Tyne. All you need to do is head to WhatCulture.com. Quickly forward slash tickets yeah not many left Uh, but for now this has been the AW Collision Review my thanks to Michael Sidgwick thank you for joining us and we will see you soon even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks Italian leather jackets and so much more And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.